0: This episode is sponsored by Print Kingdom. Print Kingdom is a local veteran-owned business offering custom screen printing goods to help elevate and make your small business or organization stand out from the crowd.
1: Welcome to Season 1, Episode 7 of No Pyro, No Podcast, the Armada Fancast. In this episode, we'll be going over the 7-2 win over the Florida Roots. Uh, We'll have a look at the uh, other matches around the NPSL. We'll look at uh, MPSL standings as well. So let's uh, go ahead and jump right into it. Let's talk about uh, Roots Away. What do you guys got?
2: Well, uh, the Roots are who I thought they were for most of the game. Uh, they didn't seem to really have much of any attack. They were able to get a couple of counters. Uh, and a couple of, you know, capitalize on a couple of mistakes, get a couple of goals. But once the Armada got into the second half, it kind of really got away from them pretty easily. And it didn't seem like they didn't have an answer for that. So, were you,
1: um, I was going to say, were you worried, you know, just with that, that one early goal and then things kind of flattened out a little after that?
2: Yeah. I was worried that we, you know, I was talking to to uh, the people around me. I was like, "Why aren't we up by like five or ten by now?" Because it was pretty uh, pretty one sided. I think the whole game.
0: Yeah, honestly, like I, I was watching the stream a day late just because I was out camping, and uh, like you could tell some of the frustration on some of the players' faces. Uh, Taylor, who's been without a goal all year long, he was just pressing in the first half. He was missing. Missed a couple shots. He missed a couple passes, like right behind Adriano, a couple times. Um, they're, they're just, it, you always felt that they were on the verge of exploding for some more goals, but it just didn't feel like they were, uh, uh, they were just getting there.
3: I have to say that, uh, I, I really think that the conditions played a part in that first half. Um, before the match, there was a, a fair bit of rain. It wasn't really heavy, but it was enough to re- make the pitch exceedingly slick, and the ball was greasy too. And I think uh, the Armada had a bit of trouble um, coping with that or getting used to that to start off with. So in the sec, I wasn't worried at half time. In the second half, I thought, a the uh, defense for the Roots would be tired with the packing of the box that they did, usually nine players to four, and B, uh, by that time, the Armada were getting their passes measured, more measured and more accurate.
0: Yeah, they were... uh, uh, It it seemed like we were controlling a lot of the pitch, especially in the midfield. Um, it, It was great seeing Toby McCollum um, finally out there starting a the game, not coming in with a man down. Um he, he's a quality midfielder. Him and Linus Dahl had a great pairing in the first half. I thought it was the, the best that we've looked all year in the midfield. And I'm kind of excited what's to come, uh, knowing that we have a, a few more players coming in the next uh week or two. So but yeah, I, I thought in the midfield we played great. I thought Angus Taylor was making All the right runs getting into like his energy level on closing people out, uh, defensively on the high press, and also just getting creating passing angles to break the lines, uh, was great. I I really think his running should have resulted in the team getting three to four goals. And plus, for me, Ida Cumbra, that that kid, I told him he was the MVP last year before he went down, and he. He he is clearly the best player on the pitch in uh, the first half.
1: Let me um, let me bring this up. What what are your thoughts? What, how what time was that first goal? I mean, I was there. I don't remember how many seconds was that in.
2: Uh, that was it, within the minute. Um, yeah, it was like uh, Jamel
0: Johnson territory. I think I, I timed see. it What's on the, the
3: replay. Sorry, Look, I okay. timed it on the replay at fourteen seconds.
0: Yeah, it was uh the 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 person who was doing the broadcast, and you could tell he was a an Armada based guy, was uh, even though Lewis. it was in Panama City. Uh, it was Lewis, okay, yeah. Um, but you can tell that um, he wasn't set up yet. Like he, there was still no talk, no talking, and everything. And he ended up apologizing, saying, "Hey, sorry, we're set up." And the Armada got in a Jamal. He referenced JJ in his uh, twelve seconds.
1: Well, that's, that's good. The young man knows knows the history then. He knows the uh, the legend of Jamal Johnson. I was just curious how far it was, because I was just you know trying to get settled in and get everything rocking and rolling, and uh, boom, there's a goal. So just caught it out. The yeah, and shout of out day.
0: to Angus Taylor for creating that, uh, because he's the one who forced that turnover. Um, he uh, blocked the pass from the keeper and it went to Coimbra, uh, or he shot it, the keeper blocked it, and then Coimbra got the rebound and just netted it. He was just in the right place at the right time.
3: The um, Actually, there was a collision between Coimbra and their goalkeeper, and uh, the balls just sort of sprang loose for uh, Angus to take that shot, and then the goalkeeper parried it. So it was it, it could have easily been called a foul on their keeper as well. Uh, if it hadn't gone in.
1: Yeah, that's true. I noticed that looking at the the, uh, replay uh, yesterday.
2: So even though they got that first early goal, uh, they weren't able to capitalize on having pretty much the large majority of possession through the first half. Uh, So like I was saying earlier, going into that first half being one up, and knowing that you know, the Armada have played, you know, two ties so far uh, into this season. I was still a little concerned that the roots might surprise me, you know, but but that first half possession, you couldn't really argue too much about, you know, being on top of the game throughout all that first half. So
0: I'll, I'll be honest, I, I, I knew the final score of the game before I watched it. So n- knowing that is like, it was a little easier watching the game. It was a lot less, uh, um uh playing with my heart at times but i do know our defense looks so much better um with alex smith in the back there next to miles shanley he looks naturally um he looks natural to be a um uh center back in the right side of a three man uh uh, uh three man back line so i, I think it It's just a perfect fit for him, and it's great to see him back there next to shanley and I think it's going to open up a lot of things for us going forward
1: yeah, I definitely think there was there was a lot more consistency from the mat, from the back than the uh the prior two Matt you know the as many is as, ooh, you know uh you clench your butt moments if you will you know it was uh a lot more solid and consistent for sure
2: one hundred percent.
1: All right, so now we'll move on to the second half where the Armada were pretty much as explosive as they were in the first half as far as uh, getting off to a quick start with two quick goals.
0: Yeah, they, they had like a pressure right away, and then they ended up uh, with about two minutes in, one in a short corner, and then it went from Dahl to um, Andriano back to Dahl, and he centered it to Coimbra at the top of the box and just put it in the upper left-hand bin. Like it was such a beautiful shot. And once that hit, you kind of knew, like, oh, this game might get out of hand.
3: Um, I actually sort of estimated that the length of that shot was 24 to 25 yards out. It was a cracker.
0: And what's crazy is that wasn't even the best goal of the of the game. So we'll, but we'll get into that a little bit later. So, <laughs> But, um, yeah, and then like just a few minutes later um our model were kind of high pressing the 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 roots and adriano did a great job of forcing a turnover into the final third the ball goes straight to Coimbra on the left hand side and angus taylor made up a made a run right through the center and he placed it perfectly um right past the that broke the line and taylor just goes Right of the keeper and then slots it in net. And you can just tell on the stream the relief on the kid's face that he's been working for this goal for all season long. Like it's just everything's kind of just paid off in that moment. And hopefully, with that goal, it can actually lead to more and more from him. Especially, I think he's going to be one of the players that's going to be starting up top for us for most of the season.
2: Yeah, I'm a believer now. In, in the whole, you know, Edu going to be the guy for us, hopefully through the rest of the season, that that gets our offense going. Uh, Edu. Quember. Oh, Edu. Oh, okay. I was talking about Taylor. Oh, I'm, my bad. I'm sorry. But, yeah, no, I, I still have the feeling that Coimber is going to be our guy that's going to be our leading goal scorer through the season. Um, I,
0: I I just think back to him. What if we had him versus Tulsa last year? God.
2: <sighs> yeah. I'll, I'll digress. I, that's going way too far back for me right now.
4: <laughs> but,
2: um, but overall, I mean, this game shows that, you know, we have a lot of people that we can rely on for for offensive game. You know, even if we didn't have Coimbra, I think that there's plenty of people that can fall back on. We even I had one him. of a uh, – we even had uh, – even when, when Coimbra came out of the game, uh, who came in for him, Charles Alando, and – I was going to be kind of frank and honest. Uh, I did not think Charles Alondou had a really great game in the first like 15 minutes of his play. Um, you know, he he was kind of responsible for an almost giveaway goal to the roots. Uh, he had a couple of shots that he could have, you know, he had a one-on-one with the keeper and it went wide of the goal. Um, I'm glad they eventually found his, feeding, or his feet. You had a couple of goals late in the game but I was gonna be pretty negative on him otherwise
1: yeah i I, I think I pointed out to you during the match Brian, it's kind of like he, he, he lumbers around a little bit you know just kind of you know, not a lot of movement off the ball uh kind of has a little trot that he does a lot and I just compared to, you to know, a lot of the hustle we see out of a lot of the other players it just just looks out of place. I mean, I know I really can't put my finger on exactly what it is. Could it be I mean,
0: because he's an older older player versus the younger, like twenty one year olds? I mean, they're just he's... trying to fight to earn
2: playing time.
1: Still a professional, though. Yeah, um, it he? like
2: he's out of the game. He okay. he, he was. I remember the last time he was playing professionally. Supposedly, the reason why he's playing for us now is that he doesn't have the ability to get to his international club. Okay. So and and yeah. he's playing to play.
1: I mean, I'm not criticizing the guy. I mean, there's you know, I'm old and you know, there's no way I could be out there and do that. So who am I to, to to criticize? But it just it just looked out of place, you know, to the you know what we see out of the hustle out of everybody else. And I'm not you know, you know, downing on on, on his play. It just it was just something that you know, like an observation that I noticed. But
0: you also got to look at like a lot of the times when he isn't on there, the team does like the high press. I don't remember even when. He he was with the Armada when they were a professional squad in the first couple of years. Like I don't remember him being a high press type of guy. Like he he he's one that he likes to get the ball in space. He likes to run at people and attack, and then just have a um. Uh, he likes to he, he just likes to be full on attack and conserve his energy and for those moments.
1: Oh, no? yeah, could very well be. So what just what what, Go
0: ahead. I I just think like it's like he 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 played twenty thirty minutes and still got two goals. Even like his first one when he um like he got a pass from Adriano in like the seventieth minute and then slotted one in the left corner and then later on in the eighty fifth minute um he just split like half the team on the right hand side and just goes right in the box and rifles it in. So, like, he's, there, there was like he's got the explosion. I just think he, he, he I, I, th- I think it's more of him playing down to his competition more than, um, uh, than than him just like I, I don't wouldn't say he had a bad game. I, I can't tell a guy say a guy had a bad game when he scored two goals. Uh,
2: I would say when he first came on, and and like I said, the first initial play and seeing him go, he was looking to have a bad game. I'm, you know, yes, he had two goals, but he could have had, like, four, if we're being I, honest. This is against, you know, the the team that gave up seven, you know.
3: Yeah. I, I have to say that I, I really think that uh, it was just a typical Charlie game. He he has times when he can beat several people and then just runs straight into somebody and falls over, or he can take a shot and it's probably three points kind of thing. Um, It it can be feast or famine with Charlie, and that was kind of what happened on Saturday there. Uh, He had a couple of really good chances that he messed up. Then he was magnificent for his two goals, and then he had a couple of more chances after the time that uh, basically knocked one of the satellites out of the sky.
1: That's yeah, that's a good that's a good point. It's a good way to good way to put that, Ian, for sure.
0: So we kinda jumped to like towards the end of the game here. Can we talk uh, can we go backwards in time? There was like a huge goal that we missed that was kind of um uh, kind of enlightened up the internet. Um so we, we in the sixty-sixth minute we had a uh all that Charles was actually go uh making a drive in on the left hand side. It got knocked away from him back out to Juhas, who kind of centers it from McCollum, and um they uh, he kind of uh had a firecracker of a shot. If y'all thought Edu's shot from about 24 25 yards was uh was a uh, deep like McToby's shot was what about 35 40?
3: Easily 35 if not more.
1: Yeah, you've yeah got that us- was Ian got his slide rule out in his calculator to figure out that distance. <laughs> so.
3: Aye, we're known as mathematicians, us Scots, you know. That's true. 30, 36.2 inches.
0: You know, uh, 36 I, feet
3: I, 2 inches.
0: In the history of the Armada, can you guys think of a better goal than that? Like the ol- only I, ones that come to my mind is
3: uh, Meshach Garam. just
0: any goal? Just a goal, like a goal period. Uh, like in terms kick. of skill.
3: Actually on the, the, the broadcast, the replay today when I was watching it, Lewis actually compared it to Ethan's goal last season. Yeah. Um yeah. I mean that's yeah, the only Dudley. one I can really think about it. Yeah.
0: I think this might have been a little bit deeper than uh Ethan Dudley's goal last yeah, year.
3: Probably probably. But one one thing I could tell you
1: is from the replay, you couldn't see the movement that was on that ball. Uh, right. Because we were we were to the right and a little bit behind it, not directly behind it, because we were you know near the. Baseball uh, the, the, the keeper, keeper.
0: did it go left to right?
1: Uh, it sort of As it they sort went
2: of, centered out.
1: Yeah, because it, it it danced like a knuckleball. Okay, it actually had it actually had movement, it sort of swirled, if you will. I think I compared it to a for all you old timer uh, baseball people, Gaylord Perry knuckleball, but with with speed. I mean yeah. it 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 danced. It was just incredible i couldn't believe that i saw it i mean it was honestly
0: it reminded me you guys remember mishak jerome's first free kick that he hit against um uh ottawa uh um where he got the nickname jerome zone like that that's what it reminded me of that that just it it just flew off this foot and just nothing was stopping it
1: Uh, yeah but that was off a set piece though I mean, this was the right. amount of play, which would have made it yeah. even more amazing because usually you see those going, you know, 20 yards of high and 10 yards wide or
3: something like that. From where we were standing, um, you could actually see the gap opening up as he received the ball, and you could almost see the thought bubble appearing above his head going, oh, God, this is <laughs> mine. And yep. he just hit it perfectly. Yeah, for That's sure. It almost-
0: it was one of the best goals that I've seen, and I wouldn't be surprised if this is goal this season for NPSL. I mean, Even mean,
2: outside of that goal, Toby played so very well. Oh my God! Midfield. That he was making turns like behind, you know, behind his head. He would he would turn on a dime and then just cross it. Well, how
0: about um, Linus Dahl too, who was in the midfield? I think that pairing was great. Uh, I'd love to see a little more than that, which I don't know how the, how that's gonna be when. We got Mason Tunbridge, who was arguably one of our best players last year, coming in starting this week. Like it's like, how how do we get all these guys on the field still? So we have thirty what thirty nine players. We can still only play eleven at a time. So,
1: and and not to give anything away, but uh, Tommy did allude to in our um, our post game comments that. That uh thirty-nine uh, players on the roster may not be accurate. So that gets band gets, gets bandied about. He did bring that up. But we'll we'll hear that in just a bit. All right, so now we've we've sort of gotten to the to the highlights. Let's talk a little bit about the uh the things that, that could still use a little work. Who wants to go first?
0: Yeah, I'll I'll jump in on that. So um we both- the Roots did score two goals, which that the kind of gets overlooked when you win still by five. Um, but th- there was definitely moments that can be corrected. Um, I know in the 61st minute, um, Alex Smith gets beat by the Roots player. Miles gets over to cover, but as he does that, the keeper, Gary, he falls down outside his net. He gets up. The root player shoots it. It's still blocked but then it still goes in. So that was the first goal. And then in the 90th minute, Juha's ended up playing back to the keeper. Gary, I don't know what he's thinking. He's trying to be cute or whatever, but then he passes the ball. It goes right off the defender who passes, shoots, blocks it, or whatever happens. It goes right into the goal. Like it's just unacceptable for what a keeper. Um, it's like it hit the keepers, Two bad nightmares just rolled up into one.
2: Yeah, I want to say I think the second goal—you know—fortunately it's 90th minute and you're giving up a goal and you're still up by five. Um, but I don't know if that may be a little bit of field condition, not to excuse it, it was a pretty bad pass. Yeah, Too soft now, of a touch.
0: We're we're now talking about three goals in, and we've let up four or three games in, we've let up four goals. So its is this something that we need to worry about?
2: Um, Two of those are to the Roots. you know. So that's kind of like maybe just a fluke outlier, if we're well, being honest. We
0: did play the Roots last year, and there was a game that ended in uh, 4-3 at home. And then the Roots away, we won 4-1 last year. So the Roots have put a goal, um, know how to find a net against us. Um, it's not like it was uh, 2021 where we outscored the Roots. Um, eight to zero and had two shutouts on them, but it's we're we're three games in, we have zero clean sheets. So, um,
1: what, what point were we last season? I I can throw this out there for If anybody has this in their head, I know I couldn't tell you. Um, I I actually have everything
0: up. What do you mean? Where were we at last year?
1: As far as goals allowed in the first three games.
0: So the first three games last year, we had, it was a two, two draw against Tallahassee, then a two zero win at home versus Southern States. And then a four win, um, when at roots away so it's the same schedule essentially and we had um six eight goals for us and three goals against us and this year i think we're at um nine goals for four goals against so we we have one more goal um on both sides we have the same goal differential but I, I just don't feel like, like... I feel like we've had good goalkeeper play, but I, I feel like we're still missing something or someone stepping up to shut the door to win the game from the net. So on the squad. We've only seen two of them. We've, this is the second game that Gary's played. I thought Dubrovic had a great game against Southern States, and we still haven't seen our two mainstays from the previous two, uh, two years in Cam Roswell and Dom Dominguez. If both of those guys are coming back soon... Where does Gary slot in? Like we only have seven more regular season games left before hopefully the playoffs. Um, Do you think he deserves to get another shot over, say, Dubrovic or um, Broswell or uh, Dom Dominguez? He he kept a clean sheet until we went a man down, and even when we went a man down against Southern States, there was still I, I really thought he. Kept us from losing the game at that point for a lot of that stuff too. So, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a little more of him since we have such a short season. I, I it's a good problem to have having a whole bunch of quality keepers, yeah. but it's a problem that Tommy has to figure out for his roster management.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't overthink you know continuing to play later into the season if even if Cam and are available. You Wait, would you slot the... him over Gary? Yes.
0: What about you, Dan.
1: I mean, based based on performances right now, yeah, I would have to. But I mean, we we know we still have the other two that are unknowns, right? Because right. we don't we don't know. I mean, we've got a got a whole you know off season in between the two, so you know we've got to give everybody a fair shake. But like, kind of like what uh, you know, the, 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 it's been alluded to before is we don't. To have the the stretch of games to to have that luxury, so it's going to be a tough decision. And you know, we obviously you know, you and I, all of us, we we don't get to see what goes on in training. And I know Tommy yeah. takes that into consideration on a lot of his choices of, of, of how training goes during the week. You know, and he's going to pick, you know, who's hot. So at least I like to think he would. So yeah. I guess we'll see.
2: Yeah, I was just going to add, like, what we're one where there's ten games, right? And we're three games in, Garrity's played in two. In each of them, he's given up two goals.
0: No, you Tallahassee, when... they only scored one, but honestly, they, they were on the doorstep. Uh, they, they could have put two more past All us right. that so
2: game. So Tallahassee gave up one goal. Tallahassee, maybe they're better than they were last year. I think that's arguable. But he also gave up two goals to the Roots, who I I mean – Derek, you could tell me you got things in front of you last season. How many goals scored did Roots have for the um, season? I,
0: I actually, I'm not sure if I have that. Endings okay.
2: I would be shocked if they weren't last. Or yeah, yeah, I would expect them to be last as far as goals for. So, but anyways, uh, what Gary's played in two games. That's one fifth of the season. If we have an opportunity to get another one of our keepers in there, I would take it.
0: Yeah, so looking at my uh, handy-dandy notebook here, it's uh, Roots had 18 goals which was uh, uh, one shy of being uh, fifth, so they ended up with the six highest goals for the Gulf Coast
2: Alright, so does that put them in that doesn't put them in last then, so someone had to have less than that Yeah, Tallahassee Tallahassee.
0: had six less last year, They uh, they, they were on the struggle bus to say the least
2: Alright, uh, right. so I forgot how bad Tallahassee's offense was. I thought they had more offense than Roots, but... You've got to remember,
0: they, they were last place in the entire NPSL last year, so it's uh Okay. It's a
2: closer race between them and
1: Roots, though. Gotcha. Okay, so before we wrap up the game summary, let me just ask you this, then. Who's improved the most, Tallahassee or Roots?
0: Uh, Tallahassee, they beat the Roots already.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, I am not say it just, just from your observations. Obviously, I know that. Telehastia tell yeah. right
0: now has five tell points Hassan, this absolutely. year. Last year, they only had two. So they've over doubled their this output
1: from a year season, ago. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up our um, game comments and thoughts. And we're going to just going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
2: This episode of No Pyro, No Podcast is supported by Jen and Revive Massage Therapy. Revive Massage Therapy is a local woman-owned business located off County Road 210 in St. John's County. Jen has over 15 years of experience and is able to provide custom massage therapy to your specific needs. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Revive St. John's for more information. Thank you, Jen, for your support of the show.
1: All right, Tommy, hey, give us your thoughts on the match today.
4: Um, thoughts on the match are mostly positive, obviously. Um, the result being 7-2. Um, I think we, we, we're starting to connect the dots as far as the players that have come in, some of the newer players. were actually still a little bit behind because of fatigue levels, fitness levels. But we also asked some players to push through tonight a little bit more. Um, so that helped. And, and, and obviously being up in the second half like the way we were, made a decision easier as well so the overall thoughts were really positive very proud of the boys for how they conducted themselves being only up 1-0 at halftime coming out and scoring quickly two goals was 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 really important for us something we had discussed Uh, we discussed uh, movements off the ball a lot we discussed active possession a lot and I thought that the guys that have come in um, have not only helped contribute to that but have also made a massive impact Charlie Savio and Charles Betts so Really proud of them all together um, and, and and looking actually forward to now having everybody back in starting next week on what we're building and how we're uh, writing our story again.
1: Yeah, you beat me to my next question was, we have more arrivals coming next week?
4: Yeah, we have. Well, yeah, we have a lot more. So we don't have a roster of 39. That's, that's, that's <laughs> never been. Um, we had to fill in some gaps because of Open Cup and because of other things. But we're, we're looking finally complete next week. Um, we have a couple stranglers that are going to come in um, that, that committed to us, obviously, but we allowed for other things to happen, and so we we're conscious of that. But, um, yeah, starting next week, we're starting to look com- complete. And from there, you know, it's really more about building team chemistry again, um, team cohesion, um, and then the off-the-field environment so that the on-the-field environment can, can match up.
1: Tommy, thank you for your time, and we will see you next week.
4: Thank you, always for
1: coming up. those were post-game comments from Armada head coach Tommy Krasanovich. So let's roll right into player of the match. Um, We'll go through and talk about everybody's uh, selection for player of the match, and then we'll talk about the listener's choice for player of the match. So who wants to go first? Let's go with
3: Ian. Uh Okay. Okay, well, I actually went with uh, Toby McCallum. Um,
0: oh, great! I, because he's Scottish, I get yeah, it.
3: Yeah, I I will deny until the day that I die because it's, <laughs> it's because of the Scottish connection. Um, I just uh, I know a lot of yous went for forwards, but I just have a thing about uh, the guys up front getting all the glory. Um, Toby came in, he had a relatively quiet first half, but in the second half, he he controlled and dominated that uh, midfield. He's physically strong. He uses that strength to turn people really really well and actually all through the game um, the way he was spraying passes from the center of the field out to both wings was really really impressive Uh, that boy has some skills I really like him and um, I'm I'm salivating to see what he can do alongside Mason Tunbridge when Mason comes
2: yeah, no, I thought uh, Toby. It was really hard for me to really choose just one person. I I was setting up the poll, um, you know, on the Twitter, and you know, there there were some players that just played really well. Ultimately, I decided to to give a vote to Coimbra. Um, you know, I, I liked the initiation in the in the early game and getting the first goal up, and then starting the second half with an early goal as well. And it seemed like, uh, you know, his offense kind of set the set the mood for, for the evening for me, at least. And it just kind of carried on in the second half. So that's who I chose.
1: Um, I, I, well, Ian's here this week. So, um, he kind of stole the mantle of being the one that's going to be contrary to everyone else. Um, so I'm just going to go with another pick. I'm going to go with Linus Dahl. Um, I thought his his work rate and his movement off the ball, um, and kind of like what Ian said, you know, it's always the the, the the goal scorers that always get all the all the love and all the hype. And um, I thought he really had an outstanding match. And also, uh, Linus from the uh, comic strip Peanuts was one of my uh, favorite characters, so that uh, influenced my decision as well.
0: Yeah, I, I thought both of those guys did an excellent job in the midfield. I, I think that was a magic partnership, and like you guys said, I can't wait to see um, what it looks like when Mason is added into the fold, because who who plays back? Is it Mason that's going to do the dirty work a little more so Toby can get forward, or is it going to be Mace, or Toby doing the dirty work so Mason can get forward? So, um, But for this match... I got to go with my boy Idu Cumbra. He, the the way he, he not only presses, he they give him free reign to roam around the pitch. Come deep, he, is, he had two goals, but he also had an assist as well. So he he did a great job. I think I think he definitely set the tone with the midfield and also with Angus Taylor. I, I think those four guys were probably the best players on the pitch uh, for Saturday night.
1: All right, well, Brian, since you are the, uh, the king of the, uh, of the Twitter, uh, mm-hmm. who, was, who was the fan's choice? Uh,
2: so Twitter public, we did a poll immediately after the game. Uh, we, got, we received 21 votes, and I believe 10 of those uh, went to the winner for the poll, Mr. Cuombra, so congratulations to you, sir. This is your first man of the match recognition, finally getting some variety in there. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing what you
0: do more. Did we do any votes on a uh, goal of the match, or was that kind of unanimous?
1: Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's unanimous. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no brainer.
3: Can I just say that uh, on the Twitter poll, um, they also had Jed Bowman's name in there. And when we were talking about the goals, uh, we skipped over the fourth goal, And I'd just like to sort of give a shout out to Jed there because of the absolute determination that he had to keep that ball in play when it was going out uh, all the way. He fought to get that ball, then just put the pass back. And um, I think he passed it back to uh, Linus, and then the they put it into Taylor and he went round one man and scored. But that goal would never have happened if it hadn't been for Jed's determination there.
0: Yeah, it was great seeing Jed get up the pitch and forcing an Edu to the back uh uh to cover. Like it, it was weird seeing him up there, but it was kind of exciting. I was kind of rooting for him to uh to get a goal because you don't really see a right back up there uh too much, or is he right midfielder, What whatever Tommy plays him at.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it was a little bit of a total football action going on there. With uh, You did see him go forward a few times. So that's going to wrap up uh, Man of the Match, and now we're going to talk about the road trip experience, um, the away day experience. Uh, Ian, um, Brian, and myself uh, had the opportunity to uh, attend the match. So who wants to start off um, this, I guess, I guess we can go ahead and, t- and talk about the facility. Um, Brian, I know that's one of your, your favorite points to talk about. So yeah. yeah fire away.
2: So Tommy Oliver stadium and what, what I think is considered according to some, what someone told me is downtown Panama city, Uh beautiful venue. Uh, really, really nice. It seems like it's a public uh, public owned stadium used for multiple high schools and other events. For football and other sports, um, not very well attended as far as Roots fans, sad to say, and uh, I, I would say that this this was our group's I think our group's first trip over to Panama City for a Roots game, um, so I'm happy to make the history with that. And what we were like, if you if you counted the the family members that joined with one of our with one of our uh, people it was what 10 12 people deep for us and we made up maybe one fourth one fifth of the total attendance at the game
1: yeah i'd say definitely wow. total, total attendance was under 100 um, for sure the weather didn't help it was stormy right up to um about a half hour before kickoff and then it kind of went to a drizzle and things sort of cleared up just about in time for kickoff uh brian let's talk about the uh the catering situation the uh the the food on yeah. site. I um, know that's one so another one of your passions.
2: Scran report. Uh, not much to really report on. They had one concession stand open, run by run by uh, I guess you know team officials. No third party vendor. No food truck. And from what I could tell, they were selling probably Papa John's pizzas, uh, Act Two bag popcorn, a couple of candy options. Not even a hot dog as an offer, so kind of disappointing. But um, you know that may that may factor into what they're able to do with the attendance that they get. You
1: know they're yeah, probably well,
2: keeping costs real low.
1: Yeah, I was going to say for sure. Well, at least you 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 uh, you know you, you searched that out and found it. I think when a Tallahassee had told us that there were no food options, uh, I guess they didn't look hard enough.
2: So one other thing I wanted to note is that. You know the, these away games so far, Tallahassee and now Panama City, they are charging for attendance, which is unlike Armada. Um, I think it would cost uh, for Panama City they were charging eight dollars, you know, ticket admission. So just keep that in mind when you go on away trips. Games aren't probably going to be free on the road.
1: Yeah, we've been um, very, very, uh, very lucky not to pay for uh, the quality uh, football we get to see for sure. All right, so now we're going to move on and talk about uh, the other matches uh, around the conference. Brian, what do you got there? Yeah, so
2: this last uh, weekend, the, the Gulf Coast Conference matches started on Friday evening. Southern States had its home opener. Uh, they hosted New Orleans, the Jester's, in their very first game of the season. Uh, if I recall correctly, there was a lot of weather delay, and uh, the game started a bit later than what they were hoping for. The stream was not working, um, so they, I don't think there was really any video captured. I have to double-check on 11 Sports, see if there's anything on demand available. Ultimately, Southern States won 3-1 to one over New Orleans. So Southern States now gets its first win um, in the season as well. And only two games. Oh. New Orleans starts off with a loss. Uh, other than the... Florida Roots and Armada game on Saturday. There was one other matchup happening in which Pensacola hosted Tallahassee. This was Pensacola's first game. Um, Let's see, yeah, their first game into the season, also first game at a new home venue for them at Shoreline Field. Um, One thing I wanted to take note of is if they were able to successfully stream from this new venue, and it does look like they were able to do that. However, the stream is available on uh, some obscure unusual site really off the beaten path like marketable sports something um and i did double check before we started recording the stream does look like it's available uh for on demand as well so i can go ahead and try and recapture that so
0: and they no longer play at the the magic um no, the, the magic closet Foley. yeah no uh no. dan you remember the magic oh,
1: closet yeah. yeah the magic oh, where, you, the... Where, you, where you walk in one bath, one side of the bathroom and come out the other and you're inside the stadium yeah that's a <laughs> All I right, guess so I we conduct- might
0: have to budget for uh, tickets this year, Dan. Yeah, yeah,
1: that was my pro tip for last time around was uh, just go to the men's room outside the stadium and then magically you are inside.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, no, it doesn't seem that way. I don't know exactly what secret shoreline field may hold, though. Um, Pensacola took the took an early lead. Uh, Tallahassee equalized. Pensacola gained, I think, again. Either way, it's, it ended up as a tie 2-2. Um, So Pensacola, Tallahassee, get a tie. Um, Those are the total matches this past weekend at NPSL Gulf Coast Conference. So that leaves us now to standings. Um, We're now Armada's three games in. uh, Tallahassee's also three games in. Southern states, Florida roots are two games in. And then Pensacola, New Orleans are each one game in. What we're looking at here is a points-per-game played situation to determine who's at top. And Southern states, with their two games in, they have one loss, or excuse me, one win, one tie. And that gives them the edge in first place right now with two points per game. Jacksonville Armada, uh, three games in, they have one win, two ties. They're also tied with Tallahassee now, one win, two ties at points per game. But the goal differential, thanks to their drumming of the Florida Roots, gives them the lead at five, uh, goal differential, positive five over just a positive one for Tallahassee. Following Tallahassee going into fourth place, you have Pensacola one game in with a tie, so no goal differential zero in a single point. Uh, Beyond that, you have New Orleans Jesters, one game in with a loss, negative two goal differential, no points per game. Florida Roots, two games in. Uh let's see, it should be two losses. I don't have it noted here, but it's two losses. Negative goal differential, of course, no points per game for them. Sorry, Sorry that
0: the NPSL website didn't have things uploaded when I uh put together put this together, so it was uh Yeah. No big deal. Slacking. But I I do want to shout out, um, until AFC Mobile is not in last place, I'm going to point out that they are in fifth place right now in the current standings with zero games played and zero points based off a goal differential until they're no longer in last place. So up the pineapple.
2: So moving on from standings, <laughs> looking at the upcoming games this week, We're going to get a Wednesday game. Uh, Pensacola is going to get its second game under its belt. They're going to be hosting Florida Roots on Wednesday, May 17th, 7 p.m. Central Central. Central time. Yeah, And then going into next weekend, we're going to have three matchups. After their Wednesday game, Pensacola is going to have to travel to Jacksonville Saturday evening, uh, where Jacksonville is going to host them at 7 p.m. Eastern. And then one hour later, you're going to have oh no, excuse me. At the same time, Tallahassee SC is going to be hosting Southern State Soccer Club. I really hope for an upset in that one. Um, then one hour later of those games, you're going to have New Orleans Jesters hosting the Florida Roots. So I'm thinking New Orleans is probably going to get their first win coming into next weekend.
0: Yeah, so uh, I, I agree. I think Jesters get their first win. Uh, Florida Roots definitely look. Uh... Like they aren't the the strongest team of the bunch, so but this weekend should definitely, or this week I should say, should definitely tell us a little more about where everyone stands in the Gulf Coast League.
1: Yeah, I guess it's getting down to you know we're gonna be at the halfway point soon, and uh, well the, the proof will be in the pudding I suppose as to where uh, who stands where because there's a little bit that's kind of still up in the air you know so we'll we'll see where we get on that. All right, so let's move on to predictions for uh, Saturday. Who you guys got, uh, Armada versus Pensacola?
0: Yeah, so Mason Turnbridge is back or Tunbridge, I'm sorry. I keep saying his name wrong. Mason Tunbridge is back, baby. And we got Gio Vaccaro back, too. Fastest guy in the NPSL. Armada goes streaking. They win 4-0 for their second match at Bishop Kenny. We close it out there with uh, the one, The we get their first win there. All
1: right, who else wants to go?
2: Uh, I'll go ahead and I'll say it's going to be an armado win, and a three-two win. That may be dependent on who's our keeper. Personally, uh, I'm going to be disappointed. I'm going to miss the game. It's going to be Bishop Kenny at night on the on the on that South Bank at the St. Johns with the stadium and the bridges.
1: Uh, I'm a nice going to be so jealous. Nice cool breeze off the river, can't beat it. All right, so I've got. Uh going to go with Armada 3, called 1. Ian, what do you got?
3: Um, well, I'm thinking I'm going to go with uh, Pensacola. No, actually. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa, he's no longer invited. Yeah. Just wanted, I just wanted to see your reaction there. Um, uh, I'm kind of wondering whether we can keep a clean sheet in this one. Uh, with the amount of firepower we've got now, I think it's gonna be we're gonna score a lot. So I'm gonna go with five one to the Armada. Ooh, oh wow! Five,
0: um, yeah, Well we gonna did be- beat them seven two in the in the playoffs, so it's uh it's doable.
1: Yeah, I think it's gonna be gonna be a lot of it's gonna be down to um you know who will we have in goal. That's gonna be the big question, and you know what's gonna happen once we figure out who we're gonna have in goal.
0: Hey, I got another question for y'all. Over under, two point five balls lost to the St. John's River.
1: I had, I have a feeling they're going to beef up the, uh, the coverage in that end. Um, it also depends who's, you know. I I would go, I would go with two. Is that balls or ball boys? Well, balls. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're they're all probably going to wear life jackets too. Yeah, so. they're going
1: to give them all life jackets for sure. Um, I'm going but to I, say, I'm say zero. Two.
0: Zero balls? Yeah. Wow. Wow.
1: Well, I'll be sure to get so, us the official
2: that, number. That, that one. Well, hold on. Actually, is, it, it'll depend on if Charlie's starting or not.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh, all right. On that note, we'll we'll provide that official number in next episode, how many balls lost at Bishop Kenny? into the St. John's River. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. Uh, Be sure to uh, like and subscribe. We're available on Spotify and Google Podcasts. So this
3: is Daniel Dad Johnson signing off saying, Go Armada! Bye! Just bringing a touch of class to this bunch of wallopers. Wallopers, (laughs) wow!
2: Vamos Armada! (laughs)